everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Our Lord in today's gospel is having what is historically even considered by non-religious folks to be one of the great dialogues about the nature of man. Pilate, representing the skeptic, representing at best the learned agnostic, at worst the professed atheist, is trying to encounter Christ with questions not necessarily to trip him up like the priests and the Sadducees and the Pharisees had done, but to encounter Christ with the questions of the heart of man, more or less asking him, who are you? See, Pilate had been warned by his wife to stay away from that man and have nothing to do with him, not because she thought he was evil, but because she knew of his great power. Pilate, asking the question of a king or one who works for the government, do you consider yourself a king? And finally, Pilate, playing the sinner, just as you and I have to acknowledge before our Lord, saying, then you are a king. Saying, in a sense, so you do have power over my sins. You do have power over my actions. And our Lord leads Pilate to recognize the answer to all his questions. Pilate doesn't have an aha light bulb moment when Jesus says, for this I was born and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Because Pilate had experienced burning in his heart and seeing in the madness of the crowds, the truth was already right in front of him. That Jesus Christ is the King. That Jesus Christ is the Lord of the universe. And that Jesus Christ is the one who has come to save the world. But he recognizes also, as Jesus said to him, my kingdom does not belong to this world. And that strikes Pilate. It should strike each of us. Because what does it mean when the king says, my kingdom does not belong to this world? Is it as if Jesus has stepped aside from caring for all the world? Is it, as, is it as if Christ no longer has concern for those of us on earth, but is really only concerned of those in heaven? That temptation makes it easy to justify sin. Because if it doesn't really matter what we do in this world, because Christ is really only the king of heaven and he's not the king of this world, then I can do what I want. And then at the last minute, I can say I'm sorry, and hopefully the just, and as we hear, terrible judge, as he's referred to, the just and terrible judge will for some reason have mercy on me. My brothers and sisters, if Christ is our king and he is the one who has come to testify to the truth, the question is not, is he king? Because he said what he said, and he meant what he said, and he is the truth. The question is, is he the king of your life? Is he the first and the last, the alpha, the omega, the one who is and who was and who is to come, the almighty? We have to flip the question a little bit on, our, on its head, like Pilate, and say, not so much, who are you, Jesus, but who am I? Who am I? Am I a son 
or a daughter of our God and Almighty Father? Do I work as if the kingdom of God is coming into the world and unfolding before us? Because, brothers and sisters, it is. This kingdom that is not of this world is in this world. This kingdom that Christ promises isn't just some ethereal plane in some future place and time, but it's here and it's now. He established the kingdom of the church. He established the kingdom of the Holy Spirit to reign in each of us considered temples, as St. Paul says. So the question, not so much who are you to our Lord, but who am I? Do I live as a son and daughter of God? Do I live as if Christ is truly the king of the world? Do I live as a temple of the Holy Spirit? Are my actions and my words those of a citizen of the kingdom of heaven? Or am I enslaved as a citizen of this world, which is hell-bent on destruction and death? And it doesn't take a lot of historical knowledge to see this reality. We can see in our own times the way we have just begun again, it seems, to destroy one another. In the geopolitical situation that this feast was established in 1925, what had the world just done? It had just come through the First World War. We had just got done killing scores of millions and were preparing to do more damage to the world and to each other. The question is not, is Christ our king? He is. There's nothing we can do to escape his mercy and his judgment. You can believe if you want to that this world just happened by accident, that some cosmic ethereal dust slammed together and made some primordial ooze that from it arose the most complex creatures in the world. Be my guest if you want to buy that fiction. It's much harder to believe that than it is simply to acknowledge God created the world. It's that simple. It doesn't take a PhD in astrophysics to understand that creation reflects a creator, that good reflects goodness itself, that all perfection ultimately is just a shadow of the perfection of God. But the temptation, dear brothers and sisters, and I certainly sympathize with it for, with all of you, is to not live as if Christ is our King. Because if we do that, it means that we can't always be right. That we can't always have it our way. It means that ultimately we have to submit our will and our intellect to God. It means that we have to acknowledge that I cannot be my own God. I cannot create the world in my own image and likeness. It's a challenge to each of us, just as Pilate was challenged in the gospel today, to ask that question. As he asked Christ the King, who are you? To ask yourself, who am I? Many people have talked about the need for the church to respond to the world's needs in a greater way. That we should sell our churches, that we should sell our fine vestments and gold chalices, that we should stop working against the spirit of the age and just open the floodgates to let any kind of immorality ruin the lives of Catholics and ruin lives of countless souls throughout the world. And we're called bigots. We're called antagonists of all that is good for others. 
We're called hateful because we stand with Christ who is the king of truth. As history continues to unfold, dear brothers and sisters, there will certainly come a time, even in this country, and I fear not too long from now, where you will be asked, who do you serve, Caesar or Jesus Christ, your king? And hopefully we'll have the courage to say, long live Christ the king. If you think this is crazy, a hundred years ago in Mexico, this very thing happened in Mexico a largely Catholic nation. The Cristeros War is, to most of us, not even something we even really know in our history. But the many martyrs whose lives were taken simply because of their faith are reminders to us today, not so distant removed from that time, not so removed from the geopolitical consequences of nationalism and the crisis of faith. When the world starts to see that the faith lives in you, it will come after you. When the world starts to see that Christ is alive and well in the Catholic Church, not marred by all the plagues of infidelity of its priests and its bishops, but seen in the laity, living as if Christ is truly their ruler and their king, the world will come after you. And I want to encourage you, be not afraid. Christ, the King, is with you.